Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Also, uh, you can follow us during the week and during the show on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Kenneth, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Uh, Hi, Jesus. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. How can I help you? Um, well, me and my brother debate uh, sometimes. Uh, he's an atheist, and mm-hmm. he always comes up with this question, and I don't know what to tell him, and it bothers me, too. Um, he asked me, um, well, he goes, uh, if, why would Jesus or God tempt uh, Adam with the tree? And if and if God is omniscient and all-knowing and, and knows what's going to happen, why would he do it? And he asks me, doesn't it seem evil? And I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, it's not evil. To have to allow the possibility of a bad decision, good only comes from having uh, the possibility of doing bad. So in this particular case, you're saying don't do this. That doesn't create evil. What creates evil is somebody rejecting that truth or that admonition of don't do this. Um, that's like saying, you know, uh, if you're training somebody to a child uh, to do the right thing and you say, don't go into the middle of the street, you know, going into the middle of the street is it could cause problems. And the child rejects what you say and goes into the middle of the street and gets hit by a car that you created that. You created the possibility of that by creating the child and bringing them into the world. But the possibility and the actuality are two different things. So what your brother's trying to do is... Uh, is, uh, you know, kind of skirt the big issue, which is how can he say there's evil or right or wrong to begin with? Your brother has no place to stand as an atheist to say that anything is wrong, including what uh, took place in the garden, because where does he get his right and wrong from? Well, he says because um, he says, you know, in the Bible, it says that he's omniscient and all knowing. He says that uh, God knew that Adam was going to sin. So why would he bring sin into the world? Because allowing moral choice and option, even if people don't abide by it, is still better than not creating at all. Not creating at all right. doesn't have a moral value to it. Um, the absence of something doesn't, doesn't make it better. It's not better to not have a child just because bad things might happen. That's morally insignificant. It doesn't have a value to it. So to not create is not better than to create and have people do wrong. Because there's still an end to this. God not only knows the beginning, but knows the middle and the end as well. So your brother's walking out in the middle of the movie and not seeing the happy ending um, that you will receive. And and prayerfully, he will receive once he changes his mind. But he's missing the point that it's not just about what took place in the garden. It's about all of these options in between and the final destination, 
which is heaven. Don, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Yes, sir. Hello. Hi, Don. How can I help you? Well, uh, my question is about being a, a Christian and being entangled in the bondage of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand. I, 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 I would not say well-versed, but versed, anyway, in, in what Scripture says about as those saved by through fire. Um, I'm in a 12-step program, and yet I fail many times. The reason I'm in a 12-step program is, is uh, when I pray, I, I, and I assume the position, I get on my knees, and God will not take this craving from me, as according to the AA program. And the reason I say that is because uh, I have allowed this thing to come into my life after I have given myself to the Lord. Um, uh, I'm kind of at a loss for words, but but for, for the the uh, what what is your understanding of what is going on in our lives? As an addict? No, as far as, as um, the Bible says that I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord. My, my, my uh, dilemma is how the, the rewards that I'm going to lose in heaven my perception of God is he has a hammer waiting to come down on me because I'm not doing what's right. No, the reality is that you have chosen to askew all the basic windows and doors and apparatus that God has built into your head and into your body and that you have chosen to blurry those to such a degree that you can't see much of anything here, let alone anything dealing with God. So God wants you, it's not, not a form of punishment, God wants you to clear those things up, the ones that you brought to yourself, yes, so that you can see him clearly again, here and for the afterlife. But praying for God to take away the urges in the sense that these are things you brought into your life to begin with, you need yes. to clean your own house. Okay. You can pray for strength to do so, but you need to clean your own house. You brought them in. You built where them up. The, where is the joy? Where I, I do that, and 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 have I have I gone across the line? Nope. Is no is no line to cross, sir. The only line you can cross is one of death after rejecting the whole sum of what Christ I, had to offer. I have not. I of have course not. not. I have not rejected it. Of course not. You're on an ugly path, and you're going to get past it, and you're going to reverse it, and you're going to work the steps, and you're going to do the process to get this out of your system prayerfully and with the guidance of God, 
and you're going to get to the other side. You know, it's been a long path, my Lord. And one that's worth it. Well, it is worth it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so hard. Um, I, uh, can, can, can you please keep talking? Sure. I just want you to think about the process in which you've gone through. Some people get to, to step seven and they read something like humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings and they think that it's a process of just reversing everything and it's not you can't, you're not looking to for god to do it all you're looking for god to give you the strength to do what you need to do to get better i'm such a carnal christian uh, what is what is your take on on um on uh i'm not giving myself to the world but i am entangled well and you're human well, <laughs> worry a little less about you and a little more about God. Don't get I, I so do try, sir. Don't get so caught up in what you're doing. It's not about you in that sense. It's about God. It's about what God does, what God can do. It's not about you. It's the what makes Christianity different. Every self-help book, every other belief system, it's all about th- th- uh, them and look, you're going to get Christ consciousness and you're going to get this and you're going to overcome that and you're going to become a this. And it's and that's not what Christianity is. Christianity is about God and about God being the author and the finisher of your faith. Yes, amen. Um, I have been told that my faithfulness does not depend on God's faithfulness. No. But you have and yet I, I so struggle. Well, welcome to the world, brother. It is a place of many struggles. And you will continue, but you will have something that other people that struggle don't, and that is the gospel, the good news, that if you believe and you have that into your life and you have God leading your life, then even through the struggles, you're doing better than most. I do care. Of course you do. You wouldn't have called if you didn't care. Well, okay. Um, I'm sitting in my driveway. Um, just going through all this. You know, I, I've got a lot of things going on in my life. And uh, and I am... I am uh, I'm not sober today, sir. Okay. It, 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 uh, I was sober yesterday, but today my heart, I was pounding. I, um, and uh, I, I've got church I have to go to, and, and well, not have to. but You're going to go to church drunk? Mm. Let me tell you something, and I don't know if this is the first time you've heard the show, third time you've no, heard the show. No, it's not. Or, but let me tell you something. Then if you've listened for any length of time, you know that the only thing I do to those that are imbibed is hang up. Because okay. my words are of no value to you when you have not even valued yourself today to hear them. Okay. So rather than going down that dance, I will leave you with this. Okay. And that is 
that the process of imbibing may numb certain parts of who you are to allow you to do some things in your own head. Okay. It's not the truth. Truth is you'll be able to do all of them without the alcohol at all. Okay. But if you if you are trying to receive God's word, if you are trying to really receive what God has for you, you are piling pillow on top of pillow, on top of mattress, on top of pillow, on top of mattress, and pretending like you're trying to hear him. Why do I do that? You do it because you think that it it cuts the edges off. It takes some of the pain away. Takes some. You think you can't focus because of the pain, so you dull the pain. But I'm telling you, okay, the dullingness of the pain is I don't taking want away. The pain anymore. But the dullingness of the pain is not allowing you to connect with God. Any doctor will tell you that they want to know what your pain is first. They have to. Because without that, then they're not going to be able to diagnose you properly. They're not going to know what's really going on. You have to feel it. You have to feel it, and you have to let God work with you around that pain. That's just the truth. I know it's not the fun thing to hear to be said, uh, not what you want to hear. But I will tell you this. You can call any time as long as you're sober. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to that phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800 520 one five three four when it comes to the people that call the program my only hope is moments of inspiration the desire to point them in a particular direction or maybe see things a little differently and if that starts the starting of that process is somebody richly imbibed it's kind of hard kind of hard to deal with somebody who's drunk or otherwise impaired. So we've made it mostly a case of the program to not have the deeper discussions with somebody who's drunk because then it can be almost comedic or it ends up just being uh, sounding like they're just fodder and that's not appropriate. So that's why we allow them to go and sober up and then give us a call when they're sober. The 12-step 12, the 12 program is often one that shows its face on the program because people that are going through, whether it be food or alcohol or narcotics, they're trying to work a 12-step program of some kind to be able to get themselves back on their feet. And we applaud that most of the time, and there are some bad ones, most of the time, working the 12, step, the 12 steps that they have in that program in their big book will, uh, is, is a great starting place, and we applaud that. Some biblical, biblical truths, and we applaud that. When they lose sight of that or they don't know who their higher power is, that and that alone is when it becomes a problem. 
It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here. Answering your questions and talking about things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. Dan, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Thank you. Thank you very much, and good morning. Um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I was involved in a church um, that I now know is a cult. Okay. And, what, um, what made you believe it was a cult? Um, the, the, their founding prophet uh, made many false prophecies. Gotcha. And uh, my eyes are now open. Okay. Uh, and anyway, um, I was asked by a, a, a member, a person who's done the same thing, if I was born again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and I, Christ and Jesus are in my life. Mm-hmm. I, mean, and, I mean, God, I'm, pardon me, I'm nervous. God, it's okay. and Jesus are, God and Jesus are in my life, and I've been prompted by the Holy Ghost twice. Um, so I know you guys exist. I pray daily. Now, do I need to physically go and get baptized by another church or just continue to keep God and Jesus in my life? Well, the baptism would be a choice in the sense that it would be it would be a physical showing, an outward showing of something that you're doing. You don't necessarily need to be baptized multiple times, but if you really feel this church was not the church you belong to and that it was a false church of of, of sorts, then once you find a good, solid church that you're comfortable with, it might not be a bad symbol for you to do to uh, redirect your life under good standing in that particular church and uh, to take the time. But do you need that for salvation? No. Okay. You don't need okay. to need need an extra dunk. It's a, it's it's just a matter. It really is a way for you to say, okay, now I'm a new creation. I've washed off uh, the false teachings of that other church. I have died with Christ, and I resurrect with Christ. And that process, I think, will be a healthy one for you. Not a man, not a mandate. Really, it is about having uh, me, the Father, in your heart, the Holy Spirit in your heart, and Which... allowing God to direct your life. Mm-hmm. Well, I pray, I pray daily, multiple times, and like I said, I had I've been prompted by the Holy Ghost twice. The second one was a verbal one, scared the heck out of me. And um, but anyway, yes, I, I found a church right in my neighborhood, and I feel very comfortable, and it's a loving, accepting church. Good. Ask if they have a mission statement and something you could read that should break down all of their beliefs about the Trinity, who they think Mary is, these types of things. Give mm-hmm. you a good good structure as to who they are. Sometimes they give you copies of it. Sometimes it's on their website. And these things should show you if there's, it's like everything will be great. You're reading through it, and then all of a sudden they believe we live on a spaceship, and, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So that might be a great uh, place to start for you. Um, but uh, the the unsaved don't worry about it. It's the ones that care about God and really want to be in his embrace uh-huh. that are concerned. So your call pretty much points to the fact that you are a person of deep faith, and that what oh, once gotten God in their life. So you're on the right track. Okay, my friend. Thank you very much. You are quite welcome. And it's hard sometimes when you come across those things because um, 
there's a lot of churches out there, and I I try and tell you because we're not here to to point out every church or to give recommendations per se. But there are general ideas that you should be looking for in a church. Church is going to be a a family. It's going to be a body of individuals that are coming together to learn. It really is the holy gas station. Every weekend, you're going to be refilled. You're going to shake off that bad that bad juju you had in in the hallway with that wing nut you work with. It's kind of angering you and poking at you and trying to get you to do stupid things. You're going to lay at the feet of the creator the pain that you're going through with family, with friends. Maybe it's illness. And you're going to go, Father, I I trust that your, your plan is bigger than my ability to understand it. And to pray for peace. And in this process, you're gonna you're gonna come across people that you like, people that you don't like. It's gonna be frustrating, and all of those things. But church is that place to to rejuvenate. They welcome you into the sanctuary. And often you just think, uh, sanctuary, uh, church building. That's the inside of the church building. No, the sanctuary is that place where you find sanctuary. Where you plug in with God. You listen to the voices of those that sing. You hear the praise of God. You lift your hands to the heavens, showing that You're holding on to nothing in your life right now. You're merely trying to connect with the maker. And in those moments, you let go of the things, the old, those big, rusty, weighty anchors that you've had in your life. And you welcome in, you welcome more and more of spirit in. And it can be so, so powerful. So lovely, so spiritual, so powerful. That is the goal of church. It's not for the pastor to spread his wings and explain his politics and why he's voting for this guy or not that guy or any of those things. It's merely building principles for you reinforcing the scripture that God has already written for you to use in your life in a powerful way, in a meaningful way, in a way that that ties in truly to what you do each day. And it can be a very beautiful thing to connect with, with the family of God. If it becomes weird or if it becomes militant or if you can see that the, the the demands that are coming from the pulpit are not about you bettering your life, but it's about you participating in the church. And that's not wrong. You should be part of the family. It is a community and you 
should be ushering or you should be watching those babies that need to be watched or you should be uh, uh, leading worship, being in worship. You should be doing something because it's all hands on deck. But you should also be balanced about what those things are and what you need and that it's not just about a show. It's just not a fun sassy, splashy way to spend your weekend. You're rejuvenating. You're consuming the Word of God in a way that should be respectable. You get prophets and leaders and people that think in the most Gnostic of ways that they have this direct line and they come to you And they want you to shut up and listen. And it doesn't seem so godlike. Then you be leery. You look for the concerns where they're fleecing the flock or they're changing or that there's sexual immorality running back and forth between the music team and the children's Parental team, it's always some weird mix between two groups that should not be exposed to each other in that way. But be aware of your church. Be a part of it. Make it good. But be aware of what's going on so that you can be a proper, a smart, an effective person for change in that church, and then, consequently, it will change you. But the minute you get, the minute you get one peep, one peep, that there's problems like that, where you think certain things are being disregarded, or that they're trying to start some sort of following you graciously tip your hat and move on your very way. Because in situations like that, it tends to get worse, not better. And I assure you, there is always, always a church for you. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Rhonda, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I have a question. I was listening to a talk radio show, and they said there are passages in the Bible that allude to aliens, you know, like extraterrestrials. Uh Is is there anything like that in the Bible, or could they have been uh, referencing the Nephilim? Um, There are are not anything that is specifically talking about aliens. As a matter of fact, Scripture kind of closes that loophole uh, for the most part. There's not really an opening or possibility because 
although there are people that want to believe in extraterrestrial life that are kind of reading into Scripture and the wheel in the sky uh, in Isaiah and saying, well, look, there's a, a UFO or things like that, and try and tie the aliens into Scripture, that if you looked at the at Scripture as a whole, you'd find that there's no place for it. There's You have a lot of issues. One, um, not only the fact that, you know, scientifically uh, – Science continues to push out, you know, rovers and uh, implements of study and research onto other planets and haven't been able to find much. I know there's all often, well, it looks like there's water and where there's water and these types of things. But you go to the most barren places uh, on Earth, whether it be a desert or uh, the frozen tundra of Antarctica, and you dig and you will find life. Um, and there's been nothing like that at this point. Uh, doesn't mean that there won't be, I suppose, if you want to uh, be as open-minded as you can. But as far as Scripture is concerned, you're dealing with moral creatures. And if there are moral creatures, if they aren't you know, just animals, but if there are moral creatures that have will and emotion and all of these things, um, then there's going to be the possibility of sin, just like there is on earth. There's nothing in Scripture that talks about Earth being um, one of many. It always speaks of God creating the Earth and specifically mankind in Earth and on Earth. So there's not really a whole lot of leeway. And I think it would be if life was true life was found somewhere else would be largely problematic for Scripture um, because there's just no jive for it. So. Um, you talk about um, uh, the uh, Nephilim and the the concept of the angels, what some people believe are angels mating with humans, and these types of things, and people try and look to put them uh, together and, and say, um, okay, in Genesis 6, this is what's taking place, and then they look at things like the wheel in the sky— and then they look at scripture in the in the New Testament, where I say things like, um, uh, you know, not all my sheep are of this same fold, and they're going, okay, so this points to the fact that there's, you know, other life out there, and it really doesn't. It is, it's there's specific reasoning for all of those uh, points of scripture, and um, people get lost in them, thinking, you know, because they're looking for a, you know, they're specifically looking for excuses they want to be able to um say hey this is you know flying saucers or aliens and there's just nothing in scripture that would prove that well thank you for straightening that, that out for me oh well i'm happy to do it i i think that there's a lot of interesting things there are unknown objects and there are things that people don't understand and or um had the time to uh truly understand um and that's fine to to look at these things to investigate all of that totally a-okay um but there's there's bigger theological problems and really those problems lie in the structure of scripture and salvation if you remember in scripture i also say that i'm glad that i came as uh a man to save mankind and not as an angel to save angels. And 
when you break that down, that's an interesting note because here you have me saying in Scripture that I would have to come as that which needed to be saved. So um, now do I have to become, do I have to go down to another planet to save them and become like them? Or are they they like humankind? And how come Scripture doesn't reference the other humans on different planets? There's a lot more to it than just, wow, does this Scripture, when it talks about a wheel in the sky, is that referencing a UFO? Well, no, because there's no other place in Scripture that will allow uh, that interpretation. It does, there's not, you have to look at it, it's called hermeneutics, it's it's reading the entirety of Scripture and interpreting Scripture based on itself, not on some outside belief that you're trying to stuff into, uh, you know, Scripture somehow. So it's really about a balance of those things. And um, unfortunately, uh, people get lost in their desire, which is fine, their desire to want to, you know, have it mean something. And it just doesn't. Sorry, I hope that's not uh, against the answer you were hoping for. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.